Again. Your voice is a little off, I'm guessing. Well, I wonder I wonder why. <laughs> Come on, Dave, this is not professional at all. <laughs> How dare you get ill like I did two or three times? <laughs> I mean, we were only talking about sex tape uh, when I had uh, COVID the second time. Not and... an important movie like this. <laughs> evil is in board. Powerful evil. We call him... Dracula. The Demeter, on charter from Romania to London. Shipping private crates. Contents unknown. Out at sea with no land in sight. This here is Clemens. He's a doctor. You dress like a learned man. University of Cambridge. I know my way around the boat. Our charter has agreed to pay bonus for timely arrival in London. Let me show you the ship. This here is Huckleberry. We don't come with like this to give the use clear. Demeter's a fine boat, no doubt. This looks like a bite. Search the ship everywhere. Evil is on board. Powerful evil. I did think, okay, we'd already planned to have a two-night stand because I had mentioned it numerous times, so it's like we'll get that one out the door. I had it edited weeks in advance, which is a rarity, (laughs) and I was like, oh, damn, we're going to miss the opening weekend of uh, the last voyage of the Demeter, and then I saw what it grossed, so I'm like, it it does not matter. No one one cares. It's actually going to be good timing because in just 10 days from when we're recording this, Mike, it will be available on digital (laughs) for everyone. So we've really hit on something important here. Always a good sign when they rush that out the door. Uh, Yeah, that is. But you were excited for this. And yet I saw it first because you were a sick man. Because I was dying. Yeah, the first few days. Yeah, um, I was excited about this movie, and strangely, not because I thought it was going to be good, but I like the idea 
that they were taking a look at. Because I think, you know, as we may have mentioned on a previous episode, there's a very short chapter in the book Dracula where Dracula makes his way in a box all over to London, um, hidden on this boat. And all we know is the captain's log from this boat, right? And everyone's dead. Uh, something terrible was on board, and that's kind of all we really know. So this kind of fills in a kind of an interesting gap. Like, okay, how did this all go down? Like, you could fill a movie with that. It's like, it's very much a, you know, a one-set film where it's like all, pretty much all on this boat. And, uh, but I think it creates an interesting challenge because it, you know that this does not end well for our humans on the boat. So how do we make a narrative that makes that interesting rather than just making this like a cutscene from a video game where everyone gets torn apart? I did see someone, maybe it was on Letterboxd or it could have been, you know, an officially sanctioned Rotten Tomatoes uh, critic, which is not Same really, thing. Same thing. There's no, no difference. discernible difference. Uh, Letterboxd <laughs> reviews tend to be more fun. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. Where the the chief complaint was that they they open with the the ship uh, wrecked upon the the rocks of the shore, and they're like, "Well, that you just kind of removed all the tension from this." Guys, guys, <laughs> it's um, it's the title, it's the last voyage of the. But we thought it turned I... out well, and then they just said, "Hey, this is where the heroes vanquished Dracula." The last voyage, and then we're going to put it in a museum. That's what they they thought, Dave. They, they it's thought a very it Indiana out. Jones ending yeah. to this. Also to coming museum. to digital, I think, uh, relatively soon. But uh, yeah, and very the, different you know stakes there. This this might be better. It is better, and they lost uh, less money on uh on <laughs> Yeah, this somehow. Film. Yeah, even though nobody saw it, they because yeah. it didn't cost some ungodly. It cost cost three hundred million dollars or whatever. Just <laughs> cost for an old man in a hat. So we're spending three hundred million dollars. I did want to bring that up though, because it seems like with Indiana Jones, Disney, you know, misread the room as far as how far back some of this IP, I guess, will travel to modern audiences, especially when you have an 80-year-old lead hero um, and the fact that those films have not been rebooted consistently, thankfully. But Indiana Jones has stayed with Harrison Ford, so it's hard to get around the fact, though they damn well tried, uh, to de-age him and to tap into the youth market, if there is one for Indiana Jones. I don't know. You know... And I think they also get blinded by um, by the the grosses, right? And forget that the last time they rebooted this, it didn't actually – it made a lot of money and yet had a very negative – Very sour taste. Critical, yeah. I mean it's a, left, it's, a, yeah. it's a rough ending for sure of that movie. So um, I think they thought, well, this one made money, so we'll just do it again. We'll bring him back out of the grave for one more adventure, and here we are. Punch some Nazis, buddy. <laughs> but that led me to the thought with, as you already mentioned, the title. It is The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which means nothing to no one, really, uh, except for <laughs> my me? co-host, the is Dracula Superfans. <laughs> but in international markets, I do not believe it is called uh, Dracula on a Boat, but I believe it is... Dracula and then the rest of the title. So, oh, interesting. Would that okay. have been better, worse? Because I don't know. Are you misleading people as far as the expectations, as far as a Dracula movie? Because he is purely just a monster in this. He, he's it, not a romantic. Yeah, he's not fun. No. <laughs> um, I think um, it might get a few more people in the seats, but I don't think it helps the movie because I think you would be you would watch this movie expecting Dracula to show up, and I guess. 
you know, spoilers, you kind of get that at the end. Um, but I, I think people would be a little annoyed. <laughs> also, <laughs> like, let me correct myself. It was in some international markets is Dracula voyage of the demeanor. So they don't say the last oh, Dave. They fix they're that. really, yeah. they're really trying to, but then the beginning of the movie still happens. So maybe <laughs> that letterbox user is from that place. And they're like, this possibly is, this is bullshit. <laughs> you know, I thought this was decidedly okay. Um, mm. it is, very throwbacky. Uh, I yes. like it in comparison to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Do I have that? That's it. Yep, okay. that's correct. Well um, done. <laughs> really, did... finger on the pulse, Mike. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, it's Indiana Jones again. That's just what yeah. I had in my head. Um, unlike that one, I don't feel like this film tries. To you know, I mentioned the de aging with Harrison Ford. I don't feel like they're trying to shirk or hide the fact that this is very traditional, very mm-hmm. old fashioned sort of horror programmer, uh, yeah. and they're not trying. Like even in the uh, I guess the fight sequences, if you want to call it that, it's it's a fight, <laughs> and that Dracula comes and whips somebody's ass. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, it's that's not a fair essentially fight what at is. all. <laughs> um, I do not think that they tried to modernize this in any way. It's not, nope. was it Dracula 2000? Is that one of the Dimension releases <laughs> yes, in the late 90s? Yes. <laughs> and I don't know if I, like, it certainly did not help in the box office. I don't know, you know, that's all marketing, though. It's not what the film actually was. But um, I think they were selling that, too. I think they were selling, like, this is sort of a relic of a type of horror mm-hmm. film that doesn't release anymore. And I appreciate right. that. I don't know if I would have, like, if this had come out... I don't in the late nineties or whatever, or in the eighties, if I would have appreciated it that much, but it was sort of refreshing uh, that they're not looking to, and this is no offense to uh, Mr. Jordan Peele. It's not like they're trying to turn a horror film on its head. Like, no, 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 this is more than no. what it is. Some people get on a boat um, and they get terrified and mostly killed. <laughs> like right. I'll say mostly right. I'll keep some spoilers because we have to, uh, you know, prepare people for the digital release, which is where oh, people may yes. actually watch it. Um, but yeah, I, I do not think this is something. I mean, I haven't scoped Letterbox or Rotten Tomatoes to see if there's some deeper meaning here. But I think this is just like, hey, no. have we done the movie where Dracula was on the boat? Have we done the in between? <laughs> have we done yeah. the redlining to go back to Indiana Jones? No, we right. should do that, and that's what they did to not much success. But here's a podcast right. on it. Right? <laughs> yes. Enjoy. Um, and I think it's it's. A throwback even farther. It reminds me of like kind of the old Hammer horror movies mm. from like the late seventies, early eighties. Like it is Dave, very Dave. horror started with Dracula two thousand. I don't even know <laughs> yes, what you're talking as about. We all that. know, <laughs> yes, who's Michael Myers? Nobody knows. Um, it's very simplistic, uh, but I here's my one complaint. With I have two complaints, but one of them is kind of a spoiler. My one major complaint is it's. I think this is a little too long. I think you could make this a ninety minute, like just tighten up the. There's a whole long sequence at the beginning of like how we get on this boat and how we, you know, all this stuff and the relationship with the kid and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, nobody cares. Everyone's dying. Like, let's just get to it. Let's let's trim this down. Um, and I think if you make this an hour and 40 minutes, like this is great because it's exactly what it, cause once you get rid of the fat, like this is a fun 
pick them off horror movie. Like, you know what's going to happen. You don't know exactly how, and that's the fun of it. I think that there's a lot of sequences, there's a lot of kills in here that are... It's not that the kills are unexpected, but the way that they do them are unexpected. As far as, like, you know, there is a kind of spoiler moment where Dracula has a certain power later in the movie that you don't realize he has. And early in the movie, you see him kind of this creature twisted crawling on the boat and you think it's almost, almost feels like it's helpless and then it kind of launches into attack and i think that stuff all really works like Dracula's it's so such fun a punk, man it's like he is he's like oh no i'm hurt <laughs> just kidding he's he's a prankster this guy got all these powers <laughs> these demonic powers and you still have to play the i don't need him yet yeah i don't need him yet i just you know i mean don't that, overuse it <laughs> that goes to the sort of structure of the film and there is like i think there is like a genuine affection for the material which i appreciated mm-hmm. and that goes back to like we don't have to try to make this appeal to all audiences in some way it is so general that i guess it could but you talk about the pace i can i did have a problem with it because <laughs> yeah once once we get on the boat and you know this is a death march for mostly all of these characters uh now we'll say that the film doesn't really pull too much in the way of punches on no. who will get killed or mangled in some horrific way and i i oh. certainly appreciate that because normally you're like okay that one that character's safe that one yeah we'll put that one in peril but th- you know they'll be saved not necessarily so here um mm-hmm. one other aspect i liked about it which does not help in the marketing is <laughs> pretty much a no-name cast uh which right does appeal i think to the horror genre in that you do not feel like the the film is beholden to any one actor as far as them making it right. through it. So I, I like that. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are, but it's all in an even playing field for me as far as who's going to get uh, the drop from cheeky Dracula. Next. <laughs> right. Right. At best you have, you have character actors or actors on the rise. who you kind of recognize, but none of them are stars, right? You have, you have some guy from game of Thrones as the ship's captain. You have Corey Hawkins who does, a, I think a pretty good job here in the lead role. He has to be kind of the moral center of the movie because, you know, once things start happening, our honorable captain just starts to fold in on himself. And I think both of those performances are very good. I don't, think this movie demands a lot of its performances but when you don't demand a lot sometimes if you have bad actors in the cast it becomes really cheesy and and it takes you out of it and i don't think there's any of that here and like you said no one in this movie is safe um you know there's animals in peril there's kids in peril um but i think it's all done surprisingly tastefully like you could easily go too far with character, I mean, not to not to be the you know the Gene Siskel of like, oh my God, kids in danger on your other show, <laughs> but there's plenty of that here. But it never feels like it's doing it purely for shock value. It's just like there's a kid on the boat where, you know, it's not going to go well. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of what happens. And they, you know, there's a particular scene uh, where a character is on fire in this movie that is maybe one of most my most memorable moments of the year on film like it is a fantastic moment. well they just let it play out surprise yeah it's not just cut away a a jump scare it's like no we're gonna go through the whole process of this and right uh, and they and they play with it like at first like is it in this other character's head is this person really still alive or are they seeing things and then 
the scene unfolds and it's like, oh my God, we are really going there. I kind of appreciated them. Like you said, not pulling those punches, not, not being in the spot where like, well, this person's clearly safe. And I think that's my one major complaint. The end of the movie without giving anything away feels like a studio interference thing. Where it's kind of like, we can't be that nihilistic. We have to, and maybe well, there's a sequel here. And it's like, oh, I don't really need that You here. never should have gone into this with the idea that there's a sequel because it's we already have It's the last voyage. We, well, we have them. We, we've got the other Dracula. parts of, the, of Dracula. It's called Dracula. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, guys? You managed to slip in and tell this little, little segment, which I want to ask that's you cool. since that's, I believe... Did you say this is your favorite novel of of all time? Yeah, I mean it's like it's like you know this and Animal Farm are the are the two um, that on, I go Dave. back to a lot. But go it's more probably this. This is a genre show here. Let's go. Just lean into it. <laughs> Every, everything else is bullshit. Only horror gothic <laughs> novels matter. Bram Stoker is the greatest author of all time. Dracula so, forever. <laughs> uh, I think I tried to read it as a kid after seeing, uh, you know, the Coppola it's, joint. It's, it's, it's not an easy read. No, it's... and I gave up. I'm like, what is this fucking pen pal shit? Letters? So, oh no. So it's to me, it's the good version of Interview with the Vampire. Because Interview with the Vampire does the same thing. It's all interviews. It's all transcripts. And Dracula is all letters and journals. And you got to really, you got to really want it <laughs> to enjoy that book. Like there is, if you can't get past, it's like the first 50 pages of the test. Um, and a lot of people are like, you know what? I'm actually good on this. It's kind of like uh, Lord of the Rings in that way. Like the beginning of that, you're like, oh, can we can we get on the fucking uh, trip? Let's go. Bombadil. Jesus, Jesus Christ. What is let's this? Let's wrap it up. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. So it doesn't surprise me that eventually you were just like, you know what? I'll just go back and watch the movie again. We're just keeping it I was also I need in, in fifth grade, and I'm like, ugh. Ooh, that's what a is, rough read at 10. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> is this another language? What are they talking? Why do they speak like this? Jesus. Um, but from your memory, uh, how do they handle that one segment of the book as far as stretching out to a feature-length film? I, I, I think they actually do a really good job with it because I think, you know, as you mentioned, Dracula in this in this movie is not suave. He's not fun. He's not humanistic in any way. He is a, it is a creature feature. Like it is very much a, we've designed this monster and we're going to show it. We're not going to, we're not going to shy away from it. Um, and I think that's a smart move. Um, because if you have the human Dracula in this, in this movie, it's like, okay, who do we cast? How do we perform this? Who's he going to talk to? Is he going to talk? And if he's not going to talk, we might as well just make him a monster. And it kind of makes sense in the fact that like, at this point, Dracula is hungry. Right, he's starving on this boat, so he's not going to come out with a. T- as yeah, he's it. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that what they he's said like, in the letters yes. in the original <laughs> novel? Yeah. yeah, clearly, clearly, <laughs> the monster was hangry and destroyed us all. Yes, that's that's exactly. He's not going to come out with a top hat and a cane. Like that's not. He's he's upset. Um, but there's a lot of really cool things they do here as well. Like they kind of explain the reason why you wouldn't find wreckage of the container he was in. They have a sequence where it shows how it opens in this kind of quick little moment. And I was like, oh, that's a really smart idea, you know, because otherwise it's like, okay, we know where he is. Uh, Look for the wooden shards um, (laughs) of the box that he clearly just busted out of, you know, and, you know, and they add some things here. I think I, I really liked there's a I don't even think this is a spoiler because it's revealed very early on that he is the the Romanis have given him a sacrifice to slowly feed on 
um, on this trip, and then she ends up escaping. Um, I mean, admittedly, I like her character a, a, a lot. fair transaction to get Dracula out of the country. <laughs> yeah, one person. You know what? You could go. It's it's fine. You get, get out of here. There Everyone else is dead. So <laughs> we packed a lunch for you. <laughs> That's right. Have fun right. in London. It's like Dracula's Lunchables. It's like here you go. It's... <laughs> so I like that bit, and I like that relationship between him, her, and Corey Hawkins' character. I think they do a good job fleshing this out. I, you know, as I mentioned, I feel like they fleshed it out maybe a little too much. <laughs> I think we can pare that stuff down. Like, how know, do you think and... that would affect? It's it's got this general just tone of dread, and I know all horror movies have that to some extent. But it sits somewhere in the middle between, like, you know, the sort of fast-cutting, maybe sort of, um, I'll go back to, you know, I'll eventually have to watch Dracula 2000, because I'm just shitting on it. I've never actually seen this movie. It's just it's just something called Dracula 2000. At some point. That's... Just with that title, I'm just like, I don't think that's for me. And I thought that as a teenager, but whatever. So um, did the rest of the viewing public, so you're fine. And the same with this, this title. Also, Dracula movies... Uh, I mean, unless I guess you just go with the classic Bram Stoker Dracula, not not great yeah, titles. I mean, there's been there's been two Dracula movies this year, and they both bombed. I mean, Renfield came out this year too, and nobody Ooh, saw that. That's uh, yeah, I didn't see it. And you know, did you watch it? I watched it at home, and I would not recommend it. Oh. It is a painful watch. Totally, I was sick. <laughs> this of is it. much better. This is yeah, much better. <laughs> and that, that's what I was getting at. Like with Renfield, the trailer, I was like, "That's a that's." I've already had enough of that tone. Well, and to be fair, if you go to the movies a lot, you saw that trailer. Oh my like god, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, a little bit of Nicolas Cage goes a long way, uh, and people, I guess, you know, that, that poor Nicholas Holt is just—he was in Mad Max Fury Road mode, where he's just hamming it up, just yeah. gawking he everything. One, he had one good movie, and now that's it. <laughs> who was a um, who was a Renfield in the Coppola one? Who's the well, the singer? Who was the? Oh yeah, what is his name? Um, dang it, that's gonna bother me. Tom Waits. Uh, Tom Waits. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why yep, not just yep. have Tom Waits come back and play Renfield? <laughs> I again? would. I would. I wouldn't even use my my uh, regal card. I would pay my money yeah. to watch just that. Just make movie. it like a grumpy old men thing. Like I've been dealing with this guy forever. Tom Waits. Aquafina and Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah. The real buddy comedy. Yeah. It's just like bringing back the whole Math Out Lemon dynamic. Like God. <laughs> like my entire life spent catering to this fucking vampire. That's Gotta eat another fucking bug. Yeah. Here Gary we go. Oldman could have come back you know make it a yes. comedy you know Love it would it. help fund coppola's whatever he's doing when he's wasting his life savings his wine <laughs> money on was it metropolis or what metropolis. is it megalopolis yep. or something like Mega- megalopolis that Ugh, is correct God, no, sure. this is Why the episode not? of terrible fucking titles just terrible <laughs> titles um but anyway the other horror franchise that was far more successful i was gonna shit on was the conjuring and i really have a dislike for the way they manage tension which is just mm-hmm stay still and silent for 10 minutes you know and it's like eventually it's like i just want something to happen you didn't scare me i'm just like oh thank god like i'm jumping because it's like (laughs) thank god something's on the screen yeah yes Um, yes. but do you think if they had cut into this too deep would that have affected the tone that they're going for the 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 way they manage the tension like that slow building dread that there's no escape from this If if you cut it to like an hour 40 does that have a negative effect well, I, I think it's – I don't think so because, like, if you get rid of this shithouse ending that they have, you're cutting 10 minutes off of this movie, right? You're in, an, you're in an hour 46 if you cut off that ending and just go with the dread well, and the nihilism. What if there was one more, like, you know, Carrie Brian De Palma-like jump scare at the end? Would that have solved <laughs> the ending for you if there had been one no, more? No, absolutely not. No, I think – 
I think this movie kind of wusses, wusses Dracula out. as a shark. Come on, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, maybe that's kind of cool. Um, I just think the movie kind of wusses out. It's like it's the last voyage. We, If you know the story, you go in knowing that everyone is going to die. And, you know, the most of the movie, 90% of the movie, they don't pull any punches. And then at the end, they really pull that final punch, right? They don't go the Mortal Kombat, finish him. They just... We're just going to drift out, you know, and it's just like, ah, we were so close to having a real lean, mean movie and you just couldn't bring yourself to do it. You couldn't bring yourself to, you know, end this particular character. You couldn't bring yourself to like not set it up for more for some ungodly reason. And I also think the the special effects um, at the very end are really bad. Like, I really like the creature aspect, but then when you're trying to transfer to something else, it's like, who's who's going to sit next to that guy and think that he's a normal person? <laughs> Come on, what are we doing? Dracula here? does lend itself, I mean, or I guess just vampires in general, uh, to being able to hide uh, shoddy effects work. If You, you know, you keep him in darkness. You keep him shrouded. Yep. Uh, and everything, I think, on the boat, even when it, like, you know, it obviously looks like CGI, which some people just have yeah. a problem with. And especially in the horror community, they want practical effects. I think for the most part, it looks good. I like the look of the movie. Like, yeah. um, the cinematography, I don't really mm-hmm. care that it's a cartoon damsel in distress Dracula at times. It's, 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 it's fine <laughs> it's for fun. the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's no Gary Oldman. Who is scary in his own regard? If he's yeah, the long, even without long hair. makeup, yeah, it's <laughs> terrifying man. Yeah, yeah yes. from the Apple TV, you know, spy series. That's scary. Him just sitting at his desk. Yes, I do. Yes, yes. <laughs> but this is one. Um, you know, we talk about, and especially where we've been doing these newer releases. You know, uh, in our own sort of Dracula cheeky way, like you know, the next list. I think I know your answer to this, even though we both probably enjoyed this more than we thought, or at least I did. I can't speak for you. I don't know if you had this on your calendar before you got COVID, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, I did have it on my calendar, but like as I mentioned, I think I was kind of expecting this to be truly awful. Like I was not expecting it to be. I was hoping it was going to be good, but just kind of like, oh, <laughs> so do you think gonna be bad? this has the ability to be rediscovered, or is it is it just sit too far in the middle for like? horror fans like you know coming up for october when people are doing their 31 days of horror is this something that they'll discover when they're looking for new material well here's the thing is i want to say yes because i think it's deserving of that rediscovery i don't think it's a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination but it's like a really fun enjoyable movie like i had a really good time as i was watching it but we've talked about this before, Mike. There's just so much shit. There's so much material. Like, I I don't know that we are in a time anymore where things are going to get rediscovered in a way where it's like it's going to really catch the imagination of a bunch of people. You know, like, I, it's gone are the days where it's like, well, on video, this will do really well, you know? It might do better than it did in cinemas, but that's not saying you much. Know, it kind of struck me as something that... And this is a very narrow sort of window that for I could see six years down the road, 12 years down the road, that it just randomly appears on the Netflix top 10. Because you never know what (laughs) random ass fucking movies that people did not give a shit about in theaters. And suddenly it's like it's like a Netflix original because people didn't watch it the first time and no one really propped it up. But uh, does that there... mean anyone? Does that mean anyone's watching it? I don't trust any of that stuff. They they yeah, tell me that that true. gal. They say that Gal Gadot movie that just came out had ten million views, and I I don't know anyone who saw it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean that's true. I guess I tend to trust the you know the TNT test if it's some random. Mm. 
uh, cop movie right. from 10 years there's ago. No, there's no reason for them to lie about it's this. It's not theirs. <laughs> so it's like, why yeah. are they – in fact, it makes their whole business model look kind of – uh, silly if a right. random John Cena movie that went straight to DVD is suddenly better than everything, you know, if it's ranking higher than the Irishman, you know, that's kind of depressing. <laughs> Although the Irishman, funny. though I love, is uh, not exactly like a fun, breezy watch, so I get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing I could see is, uh, you and I went to see uh, uh, Talk to Me, and my mm-hmm. chief complaint what that one was, you slap a A24 label on it, and to me that felt like, as I came out of theater, I was like, this feels like a horror film I saw six months ago. Like, mm-hmm. it feels, it, it, it hits the beats, but I don't know, I don't understand why stuff like that gets the push, and this one doesn't. This one also, you could accuse saying, okay, it hits all the beats you expect, and whatever, and it's sort of got a classic sort of storytelling structure. But I also don't think Talk To Me is, is breaking new ground, other than I do feel like there are a lot of 40-plus film nerds that are far more comfortable latching onto things that are about young people or feel more yeah. modern than things that feel old and tired. And like your grandparents could watch this Dracula on a yeah. boat movie and be fine with. I 100% agree with that. I think, I think that movie people are just desperate to find the next big thing. Um, so people rush to say, this is the best horror movie of the past 10 years because <laughs> Which no one is saying about the last voyage of the Dipping No, <laughs> no, only, and, and for my money, if I got to choose to watch a movie again, it's, it's easy. I'm watching this. Oh, absolutely. Like there's no way I will never watch talk to me again, unless you make me watch it for a podcast. Like I've no, I and it's not spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even that it's like so horrible. It's just like, it's run of the mill. Like you said, it hits all the beats of the kind of new, not even new, but like the teen horror movie. Like I've seen all this stuff before. And a friend of mine online is like, I miss the days when like, you know, kids in horror movies used to do some fucking research you know, like if you look at the first Nightmare on Elm Street, she's like, okay, how do I stay awake? What do I do? Uh, what did Freddy do originally? These kids are like, oh, let's grab the fucking hand. Like they, <laughs> they don't look it up on fucking Google. Like they're like this somebody like died at a party and that's not a news story. Like I think we could do a little more. Here. It's one of the reasons I, I fell for It Follows so much when I thought the premise was so dumb. When someone told yeah. me what it was about, I was like, ugh, that sounds terrible. And yet? Because the kids – they're constantly talking about it, and they're constantly trying to figure out, like, okay, how there, – there's right. got to be a cheat code to this, right? There's a way around this <laughs> right, problem. Right, I enjoyed right. that sort of Scooby-Doo aspect of it. And that's another thing I thought about, and I caught myself with Last Voyage of the Demeter, is that I'm like, what are they, why are they doing this? I'm like, just wait till it's, it's you know, sunny out, or, you know, why, did they, why are they so confident? And then I kept reminding myself – Oh, I know Dracula. These people don't know what the fuck they're dealing <laughs> they, with. <laughs> they have no idea. Yeah, it's something you have to constantly check yourself if you're watching a movie about vampires or about zombies or whatever. We have all this extensive knowledge just by being around movies, right? And these people, they don't know that it's going to die in the sunlight. They have no idea. So it's like, I feel like they could have, I feel like they did a smart thing here in not doing this. But the only way they could have done that is his Lunchable that's packed along with him could have been like, uh, yeah, just so you know, uh, since I live there, we know it only happens at night. You might want to just stay in bed, uh, lock the doors. (laughs) But they don't do that. So it's like kind of like, okay, we got to figure it out as we go. I'm kind of glad we don't have an NPC quest giver that's, you know, that we all ignore so we can get to the, the fun stuff, I guess. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I I mostly had a good time with it. It's one of those that 
it could go up or down on on rewatch. Uh, it pains me because I came in really wanting to, to hate this because I knew you were excited about it, and then I got to watch it. And I was like, yeah, that was, that was pretty solid. Like, it was a nice Dang matinee, it. you know, at the movie. By the way, this is the the most clear definition of our friendship, and I can't even be mad because it goes both ways. If either one of us is excited about something, like oh, I can't wait to shit all over this, let's go. I hope this sucks so bad. Like, and well, then you watch it, and you're like, ah, shit, that was pretty good. We're also Dang thinking it. of the podcast too. We're thinking of the listeners. You know, we need to do the the old crossfire thing on Last Voyage of the Demeter. That's what the kids are watching now, right? Crossfire. Oh, this is going to be in the running for one of our least downloaded episodes. I already know it i can already tell well at least at least unlike other movies that we planned on the show for new releases it actually came out on time so it was you you were the problem and your damn covid jeez dave get it together over there what are you doing trying to live your life in public (laughs) seems like a bad idea at this point like (laughs) god bless (laughs) let me uh, drop a hint for a future episode another bad idea dracula 2000 uh, I knew it. I knew it was fucking coming. I just, God damn you. I think Luke Evans is, is Dracula in that, if I'm remembering right. Who I like a great deal, but that movie looks like a piece of shit. Can't wait to really enjoy that. I don't even need to look up the Rotten Tomatoes. I think I'm in safe territory. I'm, I'm going to guess like 22%. That's that's going to be my guess for the Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> All right, now you have me. You do have me curious, so officially... Seventeen percent. Oh, I was so You're close. You're too confident, Dave. <laughs> I thought too highly at less than a quarter percentage. God bless. Do we know what we're doing next? It's another fucking Christmas movie you've got me yes, watching. Like, yes, okay. um, it is. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. You know, you got too excited over Dracula 2000. <laughs> But uh, we are doing Five Star Christmas, and I know nothing about it, just like last time. I'm only picking it because, you know, it's the end of summer. If people are getting ready for Labor Day, maybe one last trip. I assume there's a hotel or Airbnb or something based uh, on that five title. Star. Okay. Gotcha. I could I could gotcha. be fucking wrong. It could be a, like <laughs> an ugly Christmas sweater contest, and I have no idea. But, yeah, Five Star Christmas, which came out in 2020, I assume, on Hallmark. I you know. Obviously a classic of the form. Can't wait. <laughs> hey, man, at least I'm not pulling from uh, – what's what's the girl from Full House that hates queer community? Didn't, didn't she uh, betray Hallmark because they actually started including yep. queer representation and she went to start her own or you know some, cha- some channel I don't get? But Yeah, and I think this same person was um, – she just produced a movie and it got bought by some hyper-religious – group and so she is now donating all of the proceeds oh, that's that the she other gets from it. sister oh, the, okay. the, the the one sister is all for it and i think it's her right. channel that bought it so the other sister is the one saying hey i'm gonna give my money back so there's you know the full house, <laughs> full house is a mess yeah there's ever ever there. since ever since bob saget passed just all downhill yeah. so sad <laughs> <laughs> there's this guy called tourette's guy and instead of cursing, he's got like 30 million hits, which is how many I want to inflict upon him. <laughs> instead of saying, fuck you or God damn it, he says my name. He goes, Bob Saget. <laughs> and kids say it in school as a curse word. <laughs> Bob Saget. 
he hits his thumb with a hammer, bump, sack it! And he pants fall down, he's like, bump, sack it! And he's got like a curly cord hooked up to a swing set, and he falls, bump, sack it! I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> Somebody told me he died. I'm like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I know what his last words were. Bump, sack it! <laughs> I'm looking for a Tourette's girl. Bump, sack it, me, bump, sack it! Oh, this is sad. This is a weird end to this. this it's perfect. Episode. It's the way. It's the way that the last voyage should have ended. Nihilism, sadness, and death. Bob Saget on fire. What are you? What are you you saying? know, would watch. Just saying, would watch. I think he would have appreciated it too. He would have found it hilarious. Shut my mouth!